Hey, David, when you're texting, do you ever, like, have words that you, like, try to type out and then you, like, pause, like, directly after you type out the word because you're like, I don't know if I'm spelling it, like, this way or that way? Like, desert or dessert? Definitely. Defiantly? Defiantly? That's Dude, I'm always scared. Defiantly has a letter in it that definitely doesn't. I know, but it, it freaks me out, dude. Every time I type in that word, I have a mini panic attack and i like backspace the word and then turn on dictation and like definitely and then i I turn off dictation do you know how to read just read it if it's right or wrong change it listen listen i don't need to be attacked like this okay i was just asking if you had these struggles like i do i mean not quite like that like ie words always mess me up okay can we talk like about how- i before e after, except after c is, is not even an so absolute wrong. rule yeah it's so wrong and so it always messes me up i tend to always put the i first uh and sometimes that's right sometimes it's wrong but if it's wrong i just i don't like E-I? freak out about it i just click on the little red and then click the right word E-I freaks me out. Or, not E-I. Like, E-I makes me uncomfortable. Like, how that looks in a sentence, or in a word. Fair. I-E just looks so much better. Like, aesthetically. C-E-I aligned. <laughs> I, don't I want know. you to spell definitely. No. Spelled defiantly. No. (laughs) Oh man, I love you. Listen, listen. This is a sports podcast, not an English podcast. Okay. Spell niece. N i e c e. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Spelling. Gross. Bro, I don't know why, but I remember in second grade, I had a spelling test. And I got hundreds on all my spelling tests. Because back then, they were like dog. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they weren't hard tests by any of the imagination. Uh, But I remember we always had a bonus word when I was in second grade. And if you got it right, you got five extra points on your test. You got a one of five if you got a hundred, right? But if you got it wrong, you didn't lose any points. Unlike the rest of the words. Um, the bonus word one time, I only remember one, and I remember it because I was so proud of myself. It was Massachusetts. And I was like, that's a hard word. Massachusetts. I studied it, and I spelled it right, and it was amazing. I remember that. It's one of my core memories. It's not a hard word to spell. Spell Massachusetts. M-A-S-S-A-C-H-U-T-E-S. That's Massachusetts. I-S. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. You can't, you're not going to bamboozle me. I spelled it right the first time. You did not spell it right the first time. Your shenaniganery will <laughs> not stand. That's like spelling Mississippi M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. What's wrong with that? You're missing letters. You can't prove that. Massachusetts is M-A-S-S-A-C-H-U-S-E-T-T-S. We just said the same thing. No, we did not. Yes, we did. (laughs) Listen, listen. if someone ever breaks in and like guns in my head, they're like, you have to spell Mississippi or I'm murking you. I'm I'm just going to start praying. Thomas, Mississippi is so easy to spell. It is literally so not easy to spell. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, humpback, humpback, I. Why did you just start speaking Latin? You didn't learn these, like, weird little things to spell certain words when you were a kid? No. See, they taught us that in school, and I'll always remember how to spell those words because the hell they taught us. I went to elementary school in D.C., and they taught us, like, actual things. Like Tennessee? Yeah, well, actual things? Which one of us can smell, spell the 50 states? Oh, good job. You can spell the 50 states. I was taking science class. You nah. took science in third grade? Nah. 
Not in third grade. Exactly. This grade, is when I'm learning these words. In fourth grade, I did. When did you think I was learning these words? In my ninth grade class? I mean, maybe. I went to the 36th highest ranked academic institution in the United States of America. And you think they were teaching us little tunes to spell Mississippi in ninth grade? Can you spell pompous? Yes. P-O-M-P-O-U-S. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. I'm just saying, like, listen, I'm not claiming to be a smart person. I am dumb. I have maintained my stupidity for years. But I happened to test well on some scores in third grade, and they put me in this thing, and I did just good enough not to fail out. I'm not pretending like I'm smart or anything. But out of all high school academic institutions in the United States, private or public, my high school ranked 36th over the four years that I was there. That's, I'm not listen, dude. I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm taking you just sh- called me pompous. So, I mean, I did call you pompous. You were I being just, a little pompous. I was not being pompous. I, I was to the 36th sixth ranked high school. I was defending the school, not myself. I am dumb. I was defending the school. You don't become the thirty sixth ranked academic institution in the country by teaching your kids how to little jingles on how to spell Tennessee and Mississippi in ninth grade. Magnet schools are not the norm. They're the exception. I was taking a shot at Tennessee's public school system. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's what I was doing. That's fair. fair. Calm down. Well, again, I was in, I've been in gifted programs my entire life, so. Yes, you have. I can't, uh, can't speak to the regular education system in Tennessee because I haven't been a part of it. I guess technically I went to like public school, which like magnet schools are technically public schools, but like technically I went to like my zone school in kindergarten, but again, I was in the gifted program, so kindergarten through fourth grade. You were gifted in elementary school? Apparently. Uh, I could read before I started school, and apparently that's not normal. Were you a genius? Definitely not. I, that, I think that's exactly how a genius would answer that question. I did get perfect scores on my third grade TCAT in every category. Perfect? Yeah. Like, perfect, perfect. Like, didn't miss a question. Nerd. I mean, th- this is third grade, though. Like, see, okay, here's the deal. I've been able to do 27 plus 56 since I was four years old. But... When I got to the level in which I was supposed to be able to do that math, I could still do it. And then I never graduated from higher than that math. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair so, enough. like, as a kid, yes, I was supposedly very, very smart. Um, but I do I, – I, I hated school. I hated – I didn't go to class. I didn't study or anything like that. So, like, I was very good at all the basic crap uh, and beyond that. Not really. I got a thirty on like the PACT, but that's like my that's that's my that's my flex. Yeah, I got a twenty three on the ACT. No, I told no, someone the that one P-A-C-T. time. Well, yeah, no, I heard you. Yeah, I told somebody that one time, and they were like, "How many did you take?" I said, "One." So you got that on your first try? I said, "Yeah." And what did you use to study? I said, "I didn't study." So you didn't study for the ACT, and you got a twenty three? I said. Yeah, that's a not a good score. The best you can get is a 26 or a 36. I was 13 points away. That's not a good score. They were like, well, I studied for a month straight and I took it three times and my best was a 21. And I'm like, you're dumb. That doesn't make me smart. I asked my dad for a P, uh, like an ACT prep book and he just looked at me and he's like, <laughs> you called me a nerd. You asked to study. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get a good scholarship. I think that's a normal thing. For someone to want. Uh, and he just looked at me. He's like, you don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ray Sarver, if you're listening to this, I love you. I mean, I got a 28. That's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. Did you, like, study study? No. No. Like, let's be real. He, did, he made the right decision. He would have gotten it for me. I would have flipped through it one night and then never again. Yeah, it sounds like you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's like someone got me the uh, the DMV like, driver's thing for my permit test. Mm-hmm. 
and I like, I went through the first couple of pages. I was like, I already know all this. Whatever. Yeah. Did not study it again. Yeah. I and just then I failed like, my first test. So. Oh. Do uh, study for your driver's test. Dude, I got bad marks on my driver's test because I was like, like we're driving down this road and it's like we're like three quarters through the test, and it has been dead silent the entire time. And we enter a school zone, I slow down for the school zone, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize there was, like, a school around here. And he's like, yeah, there's a school zone right there, blah, 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 blah. And, like, we get out, and he's like, you were great, except for the school zone. I'm like, man, I was just trying to make conversation, because I was uncomfortable. <laughs> like, that's all I was trying to do. I, I could, I can read. When I took my driver's test, uh, I failed the permit test, but then I took it again a couple weeks later, and I got yeah. it, whatever. But when I took the actual driver's test... Um, I drove to the thing with my mom and my grandma in the car. And my mom taught me every time you turn or you're like merging lanes, you check over your shoulder. Yeah, the good old shoulder to check. To see your blind spot. Mm-hmm. And so I do that on the way there and my grandmother goes, hey, don't do that. He's going to count you off for that. And my mom was like, no, he's not. You got to check over your shoulder. And my grandma was like, trust me. I took your cousin or whatever. And they counted her off for looking over her shoulder. So I was like, what do I do? Do I listen to my mom? Do I listen to my grandma? And then when we were there, he only made me change lanes twice. And both times I looked in the rearview mirror first. And I saw a car in my rearview mirror coming up behind me before it hit my blind spot. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that there was no car behind him, so I didn't have to check my blind spot because I already knew there wasn't, right? Right. Uh, And so I didn't look over my shoulder. I got done with the driver's test. He said, everything was great. The only thing is when you're changing lanes, you need to look over your shoulder. (laughs) And I was like, Granny! But Uh, my my last one before we get into sports. Oh, yeah. How far in are we? This is only 12 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. I was expecting like 20. Uh, but you know how they make you back out of the spot? Yeah. The spot I pulled up to, dude, this thing was black from all the tire skid marks on it. Solid. And it psyched me out a little bit. Uh, so when he got in there with me, I was like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hit the curb because yeah. that looks real bad. Uh, but the spot behind me was wide open. So I just put it in reverse, backed into that other spot, and then pulled out. Hey. Whatever works. Like the dude was like, the dude was like, whatever works. Like after we were talking about the school zone, he's like, why did you do that? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to lose points for backing out, and it was an option, so I took it. Whatever works. I, the one thing that pissed me off about my driver's test. Yeah. I was told by everyone that they were going to make me parallel park, so mm-hmm. I practiced parallel parking to the point where like. I had my mom put her van in the uh, yard and my sister put her car in the yard and I would practice in my Jeep parallel parking in my yard. I got good at parallel parking. Not once did he ask me to parallel park. Let me tell you something. I was furious. Let me tell you something. Parallel parking is like cursive. They Like in middle school, they're like, you're gonna, after this, you're going to only write in cursive, blah, 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 blah. Haven't written in cursive a day since. Uh, leading up to my driver's test, they're like, parallel parking's a huge thing. I have never had the parallel park since getting my permit. Wow. I've had to parallel park a few times. Oh. Also, uh, speaking of cursive, you know how I said I could read before I started kindergarten? Mm-hmm. I could also write in cursive before I started Okay. <laughs> no one likes a bragger. Okay. <laughs> Calm Listen, down there. my mom... My mom had her own daycare, and she taught... I mean, we all knew how to read before we left. We all knew how to write in print and in cursive before we left daycare. Like That sounds like a not-fun daycare. No, I, was, I, I only remember fun things. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember a lot from back then, but I, I don't remember it ever being not fun. Except one time, I, me and this girl named Michaela had chicken pox. Mm-hmm. And so we were... Uh, they duct-taped oven mitts to our hands. Mm-hmm. And gave us, uh, like, wooden spoons to scratch with. Uh, and they, like, locked us in one room with a television and wouldn't let anyone go in there and wouldn't let us go anywhere. Oh, that sounds fun. We had a TV. I think they gave us some blocks, too. 
Oh, they were hard to play fun. with with the oven mitts. Yeah, that makes sense. That math do be math. And yeah. uh, anyway, before we get started, we do need to get started. I just I just have a question. I have an answer. Um, I want you to spell indictment. Indictment. Like how Donald Trump got indicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I-N-D-I-C-T-M-I-N-T. You got one letter wrong, and it Is was it not the, e? the letter I expected you to Was it the wrong. I or the E? Uh, it's an E, not an I. Yeah. Uh, it's I-N-D-I-C-T-M-I-N-T. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't expect you to get the C in there. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Spell baloney. B A L O N G A. B A. B O B O. B O L O A N G N A N G A N G A. Wait 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 no 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 last last last, last one last one. B O L A G N A. I want you to sound out the word. Bologna. There you go. But uh, what do we call it? How do you actually pronounce it? Baloney. Baloney. And you just said B O L A. B O L. It's not E. It's not. It's it's O. Bo- it's baloney, no, not Bellaney no, or no, Bellani. No. There's more than one A in that word. There is not. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. No, baloney. <laughs> there is more than one A in that word. All right, last word. Okay. Charcuterie. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. C-H-A-R-C-U-T-I-E. I don't even know how to spell charcuterie. I don't know. I don't know how to spell charcuterie. Let me look it up. No, that's incorrect. It's C-H-A-R-C-O. No, not C-O. C-U. T R I E C H A R C U T E R I E. Is that what you said? Yeah. I can spell. <laughs> Did you see that clip from Hard Knocks where the linemen were like standing around and one of them, they were talking about like what they enjoy to do or something? And he was like, man, I really like a good movie and a good, uh, me and my girl, we like good charcuterie boards. And. <laughs> And someone just goes, no, no, hold up, hold up. What did you just say? I love the call what did from you... that. I love the call from that so <laughs> much. It's so fun to mispronunciate words. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, now we're at almost 20 minutes. Oh, wow. We uh, did something last game, last game, last episode. Last game. Where we uh, went through this article that a psychopath wrote. And he had all of his hot ceilings and floors of every NFL team this season. And we reacted to the AFC. Now, this episode, we're going to wrap. Why can't I speak all of the sudden? That's a great question, my guy. I was fine for 17 minutes and then just the last 30 seconds. Um, Today, we're going to react to the NFC. See just how crazy... This can get. Yeah. Well, saddle on up, Cowboy, because we got another 16 teams to get through. And we're starting in Dallas. I, was, I figured. Yeah. You, they, yeah, no one saw that one coming. It's because I'm a master of the transition. No one saw that one coming, kind of like uh, the last Cowboy playoff win. Oh. No one saw that coming. Uh, this guy has their floor at 7-10 and 10 and their ceiling at 12-5. and 5. Um, I don't hate it. I don't agree a hundred percent. I don't think they would. I don't think it's possible for a team with a defense that good and a quarterback as good as Dak. Uh, throwing a lot of games doesn't equal seven wins. So like, I think nine wins is probably their floor, and I would probably go thirteen wins as their ceiling. They're not in a super strong division. Um, the Eagles are the only other strong team in that division. Changed my mind. You can't. So uh, I thought you were big on, high on the Giants. Don't know why you thought that. Okay, excuse me. I think Daniel Jones had an underrated year. I think they're going to be better this year. I really like Saquon Barkley. But if they're but better, Daniel this Jones year, is still Daniel Jones. But if they're going to be better this year than they were last year, then that makes them dangerous. They were a playoff team last year. 
yeah, nine win playoff team. Still a playoff team. But it doesn't That's so silly. Just a few years ago there was a seven and nine team in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, but that was that was a rarity. That doesn't mean they're a good team. That was that that's because This team there's an there's a this year there's a team from the NFC South that's gonna be in the playoffs. That doesn't mean that's a good division or any of them are good teams. I'm confused as to what your argument is right now. You keep saying it's a playoff team, like that automatically makes them a good team. And I'm saying just because they made the playoffs, they only won nine games. They were okay last year, but they weren't good. Right, but the seven and nine team that made the playoffs was because a team from the division had to go. They didn't just squeak into the playoffs because they were on top of their division. Like, they had a good season last year. Yeah, and the Giants were in a conference that only had two real contenders. I mean, yes, but like all I'm saying is that if they had the season they had last year and you think they're going to be better this year, that would make them dangerous to a team like the Cowboys. I didn't say they weren't dangerous to the Cowboys. I only said it's not a great division. I disagree. I think the Eagles are good. I think the Cowboys are good. I think the Giants are meh, and I think Washington's bad. Okay, okay, okay. So that's not a great division. It's a okay. good division. It's a fine division, but it's not a super strong division. Okay. Disrespectful. How is that disrespectful? It just is. Tell me what's wrong with it. It just is. Anyway, I think Dallas could win 13 games. I don't see them losing more than, or winning less than uh, nine. Okay, okay. Uh, I would agree with you. So, moving on to the New York Giants, the team David just loves to disrespect. No commentary at all? I mean, you said it. Like, they, like with a team with that defense, it's hard to not conceive a really good year, if not a great year. Let's see what I have to put up with. doesn't want to put forth his own commentary. Oh, my gosh. I'm just trying to make sure we get through this list. I agree. Let's okay, move on. okay, okay. Listen, I think this is going to come down to how Pollard fits in as the clear-cut RB1 for the full season. No, you don't have commentary. It's fine. Okay. On to the New York Giants. <laughs> no, what did you, I didn't say anything about Pollard. What do you what do you got about Pollard? I think it'll be interesting to see how he handles being the number 1 go-to guy for a full season. Like I agree. the NFL season is long and grueling and he is short and quick. Like they have Deuce Vaughn though who Busted out an incredible run the other day. Yeah, but I like it's an unfair thing to say, but I'm worried about their durability taking hits from massive linebackers, you know? Deuce or Pollard? Uh, Deuce for the size, Pollard for not as much the size, but the size and just opportunity for contact there's going to be. Is Deuce small? Yeah, he's like 5'8. Dang. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, he's, he's tiny, dude. I did not know that. Um, no, I agree. I think the run game uh, plays a lot, a big deal. But even even if Pollard and Deuce both disappoint this year, like, yeah, because Dak led the league in picks last year, we somehow think Dak is a bad quarterback, and I don't no, no, like. No, no, not at all. He was the first forty million dollar quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, like Dak Prescott got paid for a reason. Dak is a very Dak's a top ten quarterback. Like, I mean, he was the first $40 million guy, though, because he, like, was available to be paid at the right time, you know? Yeah, but if he wasn't really good, they wouldn't have paid him that. No. If Sam Darnold came up for a contract at that time, they would not have paid him that. Oh, absolutely. If Marcus Mariota, or Ryan Tannehill, they wouldn't have paid Ryan Tannehill $40 million a year if he came up at that time. Didn't the Titans? No. I think he gets 34, 35. So much money. But the point is, you like I yes. Would was he the best quarterback in the league at that time? No. It just happened that his contract came up to where right. he had the opportunity to be the highest paid. But you're not gonna give just anybody. You'll give a guy who's not the best the most money in the league. Sure. The Chargers just did it with Justin Herbert. So like you will do that, but you're not going to give a bottom 15 guy what? $40 million a year. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, absolutely. You're still going to give a – you're only going to give that money. You're only going to make him the highest paid quarterback. You're only going to do that if he is a really good, your franchise guy, your te- next 10 years. Like, you're not going to do that for just right. anybody. 
I just I'm I'm interested to see what happens with that Dallas defense with the absence of Ezekiel Elliott. Because think of it, he's been there as long as Dak has been there, as long as CD has been there. Well, what does that have to do with the defense? We were just talking about offense and Yeah, but then you said, I'm excited to see what the Dallas defense looks like without Ezekiel. Oh, oh, sorry, I meant to say offense. That's my bad. The Dallas offense. I feel like you could have figured out that's where I was going. I did. Okay, okay, so... Meh. <laughs> it's been a few episodes since I got a meh. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that offense operates without Zeke, because Zeke has been the identity of that Dallas offense for the past, like, six years. Yeah. I think it will be interesting. I, I do think Pollard's good. I don't know if he's elite running back good, like a lot of people think he is, without Zeke. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think he's fine. Yeah. And, again, I'm a big believer in Dak, and I have been for a long time. That's fair. That's fair. The you finally ready to move on from Dallas? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. Uh, you're being a giant pain in my rear right now. So, moving to New York, the Giants. Their <laughs> oh, ceiling. I thought you meant the Jets. No, I mean the Giants. Ah. Uh, their ceiling is listed as 11-6. and six. Their floor as 6-11. and 11. I don't have the faith that you do in the Giants personally. I think they're going to be worse and I think it's going to be because of their wide receiver room. I don't hate that at all. I think the Giants overperformed last year. Uh, So when I say I think they're going to be better this year I You don't mean that as a record. Yeah. I think what they did last year winning nine games was a product of them being in a really bad conference. They won a couple of games that I don't think they should have. Like, you know what I mean? But I think they'll look better this year. I think they'll, they're, statistically, they'll be better this year. That doesn't necessarily mean, I think, that makes them a bet. Like, like I, don't, I wasn't equating that to the record. But I do think they could win 11 games. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. like, they're not in a strong division. They're not in uh, a strong conference at all. Uh, so like, I think they very well could, if Daniel Jones takes as much of a step this year as he did last year, uh, because I do think Daniel Jones is a little bit underrated last year and how well he played specifically how little he turned the ball over, which was a big problem for him as rookie year. Um, so I think if we look at Daniel Jones and he takes the same step this year that he did last year, I think this team very well could win 11 games i don't think it's more than that though because who is he throwing the ball to other than darren waller and yeah uh a, like who has missed an option from time. saquon uh, barkley like i yeah. don't know i i do agree that i i am concerned about their offense i i think if daniel jones goes back to being daniel jones which even though i do think his season last season was a bit underrated i also think he is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, so I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones. Uh, so I think if everything went poorly, six games could easily be how few they win. Uh, I really I think hope, that's very dependent. I really hope for the Giants' sake that he doesn't suck because they did sign him to a four-year extension. And uh, can you imagine your quarterback – the guy you drafted in the first round who was supposed to lead your franchise into the next, like, Super Bowl, basically, uh, sucks for every year except for his contract year. He gets paid, <laughs> and then he goes back to sucking. That'd be funny. Would that not be the most Gosh. New York thing ever? That'd be hilarious. That would be so sad. I just hope at some point this summer they go out on the lake and they take a yeah. good picture on a boat. Yeah. That'd be really Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, no, I think that's pretty accurate for the Giants. Yeah. Not starting off horrible with the NFC. No, no. Moving to Philadelphia. I'd say this is one of two teams that have a lock on the playoffs. Outside of that, I think it's wide open. Yeah. Uh, They're ceiling 13-4. and They're 4-8-9. So it really feels like this guy just refused to go... To give above anyone 13. Yeah. Because, like, 
I feel like that me. team, being in the division they're in, the conference they're in, same argument for Dallas and New York. Um, and just how like well-rounded that team is, I think they can win 15 games. I think it's very interesting what Philly is doing with Georgia. Yeah. Like, it was a meme at first, and it still but is. when you look at... But, like, the success... When 20% of their roster is Georgia alum. And the success speaks for itself. Like, is, is Philly choosing now to let us know that Georgia might be the best pipeline into the NFL? Uh, I mean, we happen to know how many players come from each. I'm sure you could look that up. I think that'd be a good... I, I don't necessarily think they pick out of Georgia because they're the best pipeline in the NFL. I think they pick out of Georgia because Georgia's been the most dominant team in college football for the last three right, years. Right, right, But, like, what I'm saying is, like, you like we'll see teams pepper in Georgia picks throughout NFL history. Or what really the last, like, you know, 20, 30 years. But we've never seen a team go, like, as hard into – one specific school multiple years in succession as aggressively as we've seen with Philly and Georgia. I mean, think about Florida and Ohio State and Michigan and Alabama. Like, I can't think of a team that, like, made it their personality at the draft picking players from one school, you know? You make it sound like they picked, like, nine Georgia players. They picked, like, three. I mean, yeah, but they pick, like, three every year. They've picked, like, it adds three up. the last two years. I'm just saying. There's, like, ten guys on that roster that are from I'm Georgia. Ju- I'm just thinking, I think, or I'm just saying, I'm thinking they're galaxy-braining us. I don't know, man. I do think uh, there's something to be said about chemistry. Yeah. So, I like, call me crazy if I'm a GM and I'm picking between uh, this guy who played right next to one of my guys all four years of college or this guy who's never met this guy, and they're both like equal on my draft board, I'm going right. to pick the one who has chemistry with the guy already on my team. You that know makes I mean? sense, yeah. Um, so I feel like that's probably got something to do with it. Uh, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Philly just really loves Georgia. I have no idea. But I do know that Philly is very, very good. They're far and away the best team in the NFC. And I think they could easily win 15 games if it rolls their way. I wonder um, if Nick, I think that's their ceiling. I wonder if Nick Sirianni went to college at Georgia. I don't know. He might have coached there at some point. I mean, maybe, maybe. But I will say this too. I I think that's their ceiling. I think their floor is higher than eight, though. I yeah. think their floor is like. I think it's a winning record. I think. I I want to say ten, but that's a high floor. That is a um, high floor. I'll go nine. I think nine and eight. Is their floor. Uh, I will say the one thing that gives me pause is we saw the massive jump in play from Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. two years ago to last year. And the addition to the offensive coaching staff of Shane Steichen was a big part of that. Shane Steichen was their play callers or their play caller. Shane Steichen did a lot. Uh, And again, you had Jalen. You add Shane Steichen, and you have good Jalen, like really good Jalen. Right. So now that he's gone, I I, I do wonder if that offense or if Jalen regresses at all. I hope not. And I don't – I lean towards it won't. I still think they'll be very good. I still think what he taught isn't just going to disappear because he leaves, right? Um, So, like, I lean towards it won't change anything, and they'll still be very good. But it does at least give me pause that the guy who ran their entire offense is no longer there. No, I absolutely hear you there. Uh, it's gonna. I get if you were to be floundering without your offensive uh, coordinator, it definitely helps though to have the weapons at their at the quarterback's yeah. disposal that Jalen Hurts has. Yeah, I mean it is a feisty group of skill guys. I, I think they're the best team. In the NFC, I yeah. think they're the second best roster in the NFC. Okay, okay, uh, we'll I, I see that. what. Yeah, uh, Washington, San Francisco. Their ceiling is ten and seven. Their floor is five and twelve. Agree. I I also agree. We just don't know what Sam Howell's gonna be. Yeah, and I don't like. 
And Terry McLaurin got hurt tonight. I think Sam Howell was not great in college. Yeah. I think they're kind of trying to And I think it's very rare that a guy who's not great in college becomes really good in the NFL. It's happened. Yeah. But it's rare. I think they're just trying to roll the dice after seeing what happened with San Francisco and Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But... I don't know. I'm not a big believer. I don't think they win more than eight games or this year. They could be pulling the 2011 Indianapolis Colts. 2012 Indianapolis Colts. Are you talking about when we drafted Andrew Luck? Yeah, the year before that, the season before that. Oh yeah, 2011. Throw out Curtis Painter to get you Andrew Luck. You know, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe they're, they're the Caleb out. Williams sweepstakes. Yeah, but yeah, I think Ron Rivera is a massively overrated coach. I think. Uh, I don't believe in Sam Howell. You you say that about Ron Rivera any time we mention Washington. I do, because it's fun to me Hot, to episode, point out how bad Ron Rivera is as a head coach. Episode title, David is a Ron Rivera hater. True. Uh, David is glad Ron Rivera got cancer. No, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm That's not. so funny. I'm not. I was just thinking of a funny clip. Yeah. Um, a funny episode title. You're... Ron Rivera, all caps, is cancer. No. Um, I... it's not, listen, it's okay because he recovered. I he, so I think reason... Ron Rivera is a phenomenal players coach. Like, I, I've never heard a player say a negative thing about Ron Rivera. Ever. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's a great players coach. He seems like a great guy in general. There have been people on his teams multiple times who have said stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's come out and just absolutely refuted and said unacceptable in our locker room. Like I think he's handled a lot of things really well. I think he has. He's. I think he's a great dude, and I think he's a good guy to have in a building. But the guy running the show, when you look at it from the outside looking in, ignore how good of a guy he is. Ignore how uh, much players love him. Ignore all of that. Just look at it in a vacuum. Look at his coaching record. Look at his offensive and defensive rankings as a head coach. Look at everything outside of one season in Carolina. It's very okay. It's not. It's bad. With a couple of okay seasons. Like, Ron Rivera's just not a great head coach. Right. But uh, we root for we root for underdog stories, and they can't get much bigger of an underdog story than the coach and the team both being in remission. <laughs> I'm calling Dan Snyder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think okay. this team could be surprising. I don't think they will be, though. I I, I think their ceiling is eight games. Yeah. Uh, I think their floor, I think five is fine. I really would throw it more at, like, three or four. But, Honestly, if I'm... Um, if I'm Magic Johnson, I'm kind of hoping for a, a one or two win season. I think four. I think four. I think their defense is too good to not win at least four games. I don't know, dude. Chase Young is that's, probably a bust. Yeah, that's fair. But um, I, I, I would say four is their floor and uh, eight is their ceiling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, moving on. We're not gonna cut that offensive joke like the last one. Well, that one, like that one, was like a like it's fine because he, you know, he's fine now. (laughs) You know, fair, fair, fair. Okay, uh, if this is the future and someone's clipping this because we got big and like, I don't know, cancer comes back sometimes and like the worst case scenario, make sure to include all the context of the he's fine now. You know they won't. I know they won't. But if they don't, now I have, I even, Thomas, what do you have to say about the uh, offensive comments you made? I'm like, listen, I, I asked for them to include full context at the time it was recorded. That's on them. Listen, uh, here's the deal. Okay. We spent too much time talking about how smart I am at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we need to, we need to hurry. Wrap it up. Because we're only through... One division. One division, and we are at 40 minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Chicago Bears. Bears? Bears? Bears. Beats Battlestar Galactica. Struggle uh, to say bears there, buddy. It's a, it's a, it's not a very easy word, okay? 
That was bad. I'm sorry. That was terrible. I'm just, I'm, okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, their ceiling, 10 and 7. Their Ooh. floor, 5 and 12. Ooh. I think, dude, I think this is one of those teams Ooh. that has a huge gap between ceiling and floor. I don't agree. I think, like, I think if that wide receiver room comes out all systems firing and Justin Fields, like, there's a good rapport, this team could be unlocked, and the division doesn't have a clear-cut contender anymore. I also don't agree with that. They have two teams that I think are significantly better than Chicago. I have no problem with five. I have no problem with five. I personally think their floor is more like four, but, like, I guess I have no problem with five. That's fine. But 10 games? See, dude, I think their ceiling is 12. They were very bad last year. They were. Like, let's not... Like, people talk about Justin Fields like he had a few really just phenomenal moments. He had like three really good throws. Who cares? Like, who? Like, I don't know, man. I think people are massively overhyping Justin Fields. I think... If he can be good, which I'm not saying he can't, I think it's going to take years. Uh, and I think if this team, like, like I think this team is definitely moving in the right direction. I like Matt Eberflus. I, I like Justin Fields. I think sometimes he does make a couple of just great throws, and then sometimes he makes horrific mistakes. Yeah, no. Uh, and so, like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I think people are massively overhyping the Bears. I do think they have taken steps in the right direction. I think they're on their way. They have full committed now to Justin Fields. I just don't like I think it's gonna take years. Like I like eight. I would say four and whoa. Four and thirteen. I think it's gonna take Justin Fields eight additions. No, 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 no. Oh. I think that's their ceiling. Oh, okay. I think four and thirteen is their floor. I think eight and nine is their ceiling. I think eight and nine is a more realistic approach. I'm just looking like they're if if everything on that roster slides into place and it works, I think that could be a 12-win team. But there was a lot of turnover, so we're, but that, we're ultimately not going to be able to see until the cleats are laced up. Like, I don't know. See, ceiling and floor is so hard because, like, especially when it comes to this, like, like Justin yeah. Fields, you could say that any quarterback – could have a phenomenal season this year. Yeah. Like, we could say, well, you know, Tampa Bay's ceiling is 17-0 and 0 because Kyle Trask could come out and just play fun. He could be the next Tom Brady. Yeah. Anyone could be. Yeah. We can't – so we have to set realistic, I think, floors and ceilings. And I just think, like, as bad as Justin Fields was last year, with the exception of a few well, here's, moments, here's where this, here's I the, just don't think realistically – Here's the difference, though. I think I'm, they win like six. Here's here's the difference though. I'm a believer in Justin Fields. You are not. I'm not not a believer. Like you I don't, are. I'm not like 100 percent certain he's going to be a bust. Do you remember our quarterback tier list? Yeah, I had him in not enough scene. And I had him significantly higher. Don't yeah. we got into this thing? You're right. And after seeing how many games he's played, I should have had him in CFO. That is aggressive. See, no, that is what a Jonathan or Justin Fields hater says. Not not CFL, but like, what were our tiers below? Not enough seen bad in CFL. Yeah, bad. Okay. Because right now he's bad. Like, like let. I just don't think. I think hey, we are Thomas, looking at Justin Fields up. <laughs> and a couple of throws out of four hundred. Right. We're looking at a couple of good ones and saying, oh, he could be great. Okay, what about the other 398? Like, he could be horrible. Listen, I hear you. I'm just personally not ready to throw away. Also, this is his fourth season. David, I hear you. I just, (laughs) I think the Bears are massively overhyped. I think they win six. I think their ceiling is eight. Okay. Maybe I am a hater. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just saying, all, I, all I'm saying is I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Justin Fields. I am a Matt Eberflus fan. I hope I am wrong. Because I, I, Matt Eberflus was our DC for a while. The best our defense has been in the last 20 years was when right. Matt was coaching it. So, like, I like Matt Eberflus a lot. So, I, ho- I hope I'm wrong. I genuinely do. I also really like Chase Claypool. So, 
I'd like him to be decent on my fantasy team, but uh, I'm not <laughs> holding my breath. Anyway, continue. Uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Their ceiling, tw- 12 and 5. Okay. Their floor, 7 and 10. I love that. I also I also like that. Yeah, he's he's been so much better so far on the NFC than he was the AFC. Yeah. Well, I feel like the NFC you can kind of yeah. predict the same for really everyone. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I I think with Detroit, it's very similar to Chicago in the sense that like when you're so bad for so long, it takes years, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think they're making progress. They won nine games last year. They no eight games. Uh, eight or nine. I think they won but nine. They spoiled the Packers' playoff hopes. Like, I think they are very good. Yeah. But let's be real. Like, they're still in the process. And I think the process is going really well. But, like, I think 12 being their ceiling is about right. I think I think they're a 10-win team this year. But I think, I think they could win 12. I view the Lions like I view the Jets. And here's what I mean by that. Almost all of their offseason moves were focused on one side of the ball, and they brought in tremendous, like a tremendous amount of reinforcement to that side of the ball. I just don't know how it's going to work. Like if the pieces slide in together, like what I was saying with Chicago, what could, you know, like every if all these new pieces integrate into the system smoothly, I think it's going to be great. However, I find it very unlikely that all these pieces are going to just smoothly work into the system. I, ba- I think there's bound to be hiccups, and I think it comes down to how fast they get those hiccups straightened out. I will say I do think it's relevant to note that like they had like 28 players get suspended for gambling. Yeah. Um, I do think that's important. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most of them were not like major parts of their offense. Yeah, or anything, but when you, but... it's like a death by a thousand cuts at that point. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it is still Detroit seven and ten is very possible. But yeah. I have I have no problem saying I would lean more towards twelve. Uh, I really think they win ten or eleven, but I think I think they could very well win twelve. But like, I mean, it's an exciting time for Detroit fans. When was the last time that seven and ten was the floor, not the ceiling? Yeah. And a generous ceiling at that. Yeah. I do think they uh, beat Chicago twice. What? Hey, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on to Green Bay. Their ceiling, 10 and 7. Their floor, 6 and 11. I disagree with their ceiling. I think this is a pretty big gap, if I'm being yeah. honest. Because like, Jordan Love is so unproven. And yeah. we don't know how much benefit there was to him sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for four years. Three years? Three years, yeah. Three years. Here, so here's my thing with Aaron. Aaron. Uh, Jordan Love. I have said before, if you if we haven't seen anything, I can't fairly rate you. Like, I'm not going to say you're good, whatever. Um, but if I am going to put my stock in anyone with very minimal playtime, I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's going to be the guy who sat behind what, who a lot of people call the most talented guy to ever play football. Um, he wasn't on the Chiefs. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. People say he's like the most talented arm ever. Oh, yeah. Um, but like legitimately a top five all-time quarterback. He sat behind and learned from him for three years, right? Um, so I don't necessarily think he's going to be phenomenal or anything, but I am willing to give him more leash than I am for like rookies or yeah. even Justin Field. Like, like I am willing to give him more leash because he just watched – one of the five greatest quarterbacks to ever play football operate for two years or for three years, including two MVP years. So I think I I like Matt LaFleur. I I'm willing to give Jordan Love the benefit of the doubt. So I think in the division they're in, in the conference they're in, I think like I would say twelve games is their ceiling. Yeah. I think that's unlikely. I think they win nine or ten, I think, but I do think their floor being six is probably about right. I think Green Bay is in an interesting spot, similarly to the Giants. And what I mean by that is, what happens if he comes out and he sucks? Yeah, do you give him another year? With the Giants, you almost have to. But oh, with yeah. Jordan, like here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. This is Jordan Love's fourth season. It's his fourth season, yeah. but you have a wide receiver room of children. 
So, it, like, it might not be him that sucks. It could just be wide receivers adapting to the NFL. But on the inverse, it could just be him that sucks. They did move up to draft him in the first round. Yeah. Which means he does he can get a fifth-year option. Yeah. Uh, so they might run that route, like take the fifth-year option, and then uh, give him another year. I don't know. I, I really don't but know. Like, but, but, like, if he comes out and it's just a bad season – how much longer are you going to give him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a believer in Jordan Love by any stretch of the imagination. But, again, if I'm going to give anyone leash, it's going to be him. And I think this team could win. Could win 12. I don't think they do. I think it's 9 or 10. But who knows? Okay. So, uh, we got to start flying. I mean... Minnesota Vikings ceiling eleven and six floor six and eleven. I think that's absurd. Why there's, are we? Why get, are we suddenly acting like the Vikings are such a terrible team? There's a perception around the league that their defense is not going to be anything. Their defense wasn't good last year. But they think it's going to be like first eight games of Detroit last season. I don't level. know about that, man. I just like this is the best Kirk Cousins has ever looked. The yeah. best season Justin Jefferson has ever had. I think Jordan the, Addison's going to be crazy this year. The best offense this team has literally ever had. Yeah. Last season, they won 13 games. And now, all of a sudden, since Detroit's really good, since they lost Dalvin Cook, who a lot of people were saying was not even a good running back last year, which is false, they're they're acting like the, the Vikings have just fallen off. Like, I still yeah. think this is a 13-win team at their ceiling. You know who their defensive coordinator is? Brian Flores. So uh, I think I think Minnesota might be what we think they are, or what we used to think they are. I I think this is at, at its ceiling a thirteen win football team. Yeah. I think at its floor still an eight win football team. Okay. I, at I its floor, very. I, hate I think that. they win eleven or twelve. I don't hate that. I think it's kind of hard to predict the NFC. I think the uh, NFC North is like the NFC South, but better. Yeah. As in like. It could be. It could very well be anyone's division this year. Yeah, minus Chicago, but yeah. So, uh, to the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals ceiling eight and nine, floor three and fourteen. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't either. They lost their best wide receiver. Kyler Murray's out for the majority of the season. Their defense isn't good. Their offensive line's not good. James Conner is James Conner. Like, yeah, I don't, man, dude, I'm surprised he's still in the league. To be honest, yeah, I think that I think they hit that nail on the head. Yeah, and I really think the only way they would even possibly win eight games is Kyler Murray coming back and going undefeated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, L. A. Rams ceiling ten and seven. B. S. Four, five and twelve. S. This is uh, this feels like disrespectful. Yeah, th- like the. <laughs> The two players that are the most important to that team missed last season. Were injured last year. Now they're back. And now they're back. And the last time they were both healthy, this team won a Super Bowl. And now you're saying their ceiling is ten games? That's that's ridiculous. Now, I don't think this team is as good as they were when they won the Super Bowl. Not They've a lost chance. a few pieces on defense. Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller. Yeah. They've lost a few pe- like the uh Andrew Whitworth on their offensive line had a great year that year, has OBJ. since retired. Odell Beckham, yeah. They also had... Well, they only had him for a few games that year, though. Yeah, but they also had uh, Robert Woods. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I definitely don't think they're Super Bowl team, but I think they could win 12 games. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I do wonder what Cam Akers is going to be. Yeah. But I... I, Van Jefferson's going to get the chance to be the number two this year, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, I will say, uh, five games, though... Like, I don't think you should play injury into ceiling floor. Yeah. Uh, for, like, a guy like Patrick Mahomes because he's very rarely injured. Yeah. Technically, if that if you were doing that, you'd have to do that with all 32 NFL teams. But in the case of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, who both are chronically injured, I do think it is relevant. So I do yeah. think that, that... played into the floor? That plays into the floor of five. And That's I don't fair. disagree with that at all. I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with that playing into it for this. Like, if there's an injury prone... Like, for the Raiders, Jimmy G, you can bank on him getting hurt. Yeah, probably. Speaking of banking on someone getting hurt, the San Francisco 49ers with Christian McCaffrey. 
Their ceiling, 13 and 4. Their floor, 8 and 9. I don't disagree with that. I, I would say probably 9 and 8. That team is so. No, because. Ah, yeah, I, I think 8 and 9 is. Yeah, fine. I think it's. I think they can get away with putting the floor a little lower based on how will Brock Purdy come back from his injury. Great. I mean, I hope so. He's going to be a top seven quarterback in the league this year. No, I, like, I hope so. But, like, he's a young quarterback who had a first. very unique injury in football. You know? I am so excited for Brock Purdy to prove everyone wrong and prove me right. I'm not saying he's going to suck, David. No, you are. It's fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's fine. there's a – anyways. I, I think I'm okay with this, with these too. parameters. Yeah. Uh, especially – I don't think – Christian McCaffrey's been healthy for like two years in a row now. I think he's fine. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, obviously anything can happen, but yeah. like Christian McCaffrey had two major injuries. It's not like his entire career he's been injured. Right. And battling small things over and over again. I mean, there, you know there I mean? have been, a, there have been a number of injuries though. They've just been like multiple at the same time. Yeah. But like only two major, major. Injuries. Right. Right. But it seems like he's always got a sprain or something. Yeah. But he plays on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't affect them negatively. So that's, you know? I don't know. I feel like playing on a sprain for Christian McCaffrey is a lot more detrimental than it is for, like, say, Patrick Mahomes. Why? One's a running back and one's a quarterback. Yeah. I mean... So isn't it immediately more detrimental for the quarterback? I would say it's more detrimental to the one who has to, like, run a lot. And, like, his main tools are his agility, you know? I mean, that's fair. But uh, moving on to Seattle, the last team in this division. Not the last division, though, in the conference. We have one more after this. The Seattle Seahawks, ceiling 11 and five, uh, <laughs> 11 and 5, floor 6 and 11. Wait, what? 11 and 6, and 6 <laughs> and 11. Um, here's the deal. Okay. I want to believe that the ceiling for this team is like 10 and. Or not 10, like a 12 and mm-hmm. or 13 wins even. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like realistically, I think I think 11's about right. Um, I love what Geno Smith did last year. But like I think even with so what Geno cool. Smith did last year, they won nine games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, so, was, that was unexpected. Yeah, but that was a tough nine games too. Like that's what I'm saying. Like... So there are a couple of rookies who had really good seasons last year who are now going into their second year. Like, and obviously Gino now in his second year starting maybe builds up confidence, but also maybe he regresses back to the meat. Like, I don't know. I I would love to believe because I'm a big fan of Gino Smith's story. I would love to believe that their ceiling is like 13, but I think realistically it is about 11. And and unfortunately, realistically, like I th- I do think six is about the floor. Yeah. Um, I hate that because I would love nothing more than the Seattle Seahawks to be really good under like Geno Smith's tutelage. Yeah, uh, that would be such a cool moment. In yeah. Sports. Yeah, but I I don't unfortunately think that that's realistic. Could you imagine at the Bronco? Oh no, the Broncos didn't trade away Geno. They traded Drew Locke. Um. <clears throat> to the NFC South. This one, man. The Atlanta Falcons. Ceiling, 11-6. and six. <laughs> That might be the most egregious one yet, bro. What? Floor, 5-12. and 12. <laughs> I think 5-12 I think I think and 12 is closer to their ceiling than 11. I mean, someone's got to win games. Good lord. Uh... I think it's important to note they're that, the worst team in that division. Yeah, I mean, well, Tampa, man, dude, second to worst. It's team, so right. hard to peg which team is the worst and which team is the best. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't know, man. I, I think, I mean, listen, listen. If Bijan goes off, I think their ceiling is eight games. Like we have seen running backs carry a team to the playoffs. I'm just saying. When Sean Alexander with the. Uh, Seahawks, when they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers. Wasn't that Marshawn Lynch? No. That was Sean Alexander. I know seven. Oh. He had like 27 touchdowns that year. Like he single-handedly carried that I was team. I Matt Hasselbeck. 
Oh, yeah, Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck was a really good quarterback for a few years. He was he was he was average. He was a very good quarterback for he a was, few years. He was a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with, not because, you know? But take out Matt Hasselbeck, and that team doesn't win that many games. I don't care how many touchdowns Sean Alexander had. I think back then, losing... Matt Sean, Hasselbeck was still more important to that team than Sean Alexander. I think back then, the team would have missed Sean Alexander more than Matt Hasselbeck. I disagree. I mean, anyway... Point is, no. Uh, I think their ceiling is eight games. I think their floor is three. I think we're going to see high ceilings for all of these teams because it's like his floors aren't ever too okay. high. I, I don't think his ceilings are ever too low. I understand that uh, Like you, you have divisional games, right? right? But you have 11 non-divisional games. Yes. So that when you're that bad of a division, let's say you go six and zero. Yeah, but like he can't. You still would then have to win five games outside of the division. Yeah. And I don't think Atlanta's winning five games outside of the division. Right, but he can't like as a like journalist, he can't smack a ceiling of like that's too low. Like he like. The amount of like outrage he would get from that would be just such a nightmare that I'm sure that the ceilings have to be a certain degree as I do think the floors. Atlanta is barely better than Arizona this year. Okay. I think eight is their ceiling, three is their floor. Okay. I mean I, I see that. Uh for Carolina, they have their ceiling at ten and seven and their floor at five and twelve. Tell me, how in the world is the ceiling for Atlanta higher than the ceiling for Carolina? Uh, I would say it probably has to do with just like the offensive weapons on roster being better in Atlanta or have more perceived hype around them. More hype maybe, but not better on paper. I mean, I'm just saying that that might explain why the ceiling is higher. I mean, like like, think about it, right? You got... Uh, a very running back heavy room uh, with Cordero, Pat- Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and Bijan Robinson. And you have Drake London, who was fantastic. And then you have Kyle Pitts, who has been underwhelming, to say the least. But a lot of people are still like not wanting to throw the towel in on him, per se. Versus Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, and Terrence Marshall, you know? And then Hayden Hurst in Carolina. I'd I'd ta- I think I'd probably take the Atlanta skill guys over Carolina's. Drake London had 800 yards and four touchdowns last year. I mean, he was a rookie wide receiver. What do you mean fantastic? I mean, he gets the lens like the he gets looked at through the rookie lens with that season. Justin Jefferson had 1,400 yards this rookie year. Yeah, well, um, Justin Jefferson was I, on a perfect system, so. I think 10 and 7 is about right on their ceiling. Okay. I think I think this one's about right. I like 10 and 7. I like 5 and 12. I think they land somewhere 8 or 9 and win the division with that record. Yeah. Um, the thing that holds me up, the thing that pisses me off, not pisses, that's not the right doesn't make me angry but i just don't understand how you like how anyone thinks atlanta is going to be better than carolina this year i mean i could see it i think it comes i I think what befuddles me is the hype around carolina's line versus how they have looked in preseason and granted it is preseason but they're supposed to be one of the best lines in football this year and they have been absolutely atrocious what about odds they've been starting all five starters at once though i mean based on what i read it sounded like they started as long as bryce young is in there the whole offensive line is in there and it makes sense you want to put out your best guys to protect your shiny first overall pick quarterback you know uh but i don't know man they haven't looked good when they've been on the field or when key players have been on the field and I hope that it's just preseason, and it very likely could just be preseason. 
but I think this Carolina team lives and dies by their offensive line. So what is your ceiling and floor? Uh, I think I think it's pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah. All right. On to the next. Uh, two more teams: the New Orleans Saints with a ceiling of eleven and six and a floor of six and eleven. I don't hate that. I also think that's about right. I have begun to change my mind a bit on New Orleans. Okay. I think New Orleans might be better than I originally thought. After looking into Chris Olave. Oh, dude, he was a dog. Chris Olave's very good. Yeah. Um, so I think after looking into Chris Olave a little bit, I do still like Derek Carr. I, I think they win... Maybe a game less than Carolina. I still think Carolina is the team to beat in that division. Yeah. Um, but I do think they're going to be better than I thought they would be. Uh, so I'm not mad at that at all. Because there's a good chance they could win six games. Right. Like that's not. I think Alvin Kamara also only missing three is good for them. Yeah. So. I wonder how they'll mix Kamara in with Jamal Williams. I think it'll be interesting for sure. I think that is a combination, a one-two combo, that could produce wins with their play. It'll be interesting for sure. Yep. And last and possibly least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a ceiling of 9-8 and and a floor of 4-13. and Um, I'm willing to be okay with that ceiling solely because I still believe in Baker Mayfield. I honestly, dude, I feel like I feel like this is one of those teams. Like I'm fine with that ceiling, and it is for the same exact reason. And I'm definitely fine with the floor. Like they could be very bad. I I want to raise the floor because of the pieces they still have on defense. That's fair. I, I mean, mean, they like, still have good offensive pieces too. No, they do, but like that defense is still hard. They have Jamal Dean and Antoine Winfield. Uh, do they still have Levante David? I think so. And well, then if they if they don't, they have uh, Shaq Barrett and Devin White, and then on the front isn't seven, Shaq? No, no, no. I'm thinking of no, isn't no. I'm thinking of Shaq Mason. Yeah, uh, they they still have Shaq Mason, by the way, on their line, and they have Vita Vea, possibly the best nose tackle in the game right now. Yeah, uh, Levante David is still yeah like on that's, the Buccaneers. That's a good. Like what? It, that I just listed off like six out of or six or seven out of eleven guys being yeah. guys. Like yeah, I mean, I mean that's fair. My my only concern is the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I think Baker. I I still believe in Baker. Yeah, I'm ready to be hurt again. But he could be very bad. Yeah. Um. But so, also, he's got Mike Evans, Chris and Godwin. Chris Godwin. I think Rashad White is definitely not what they thought that he would be when they yeah. released Leonard Fournette, but he's at least still decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm i fine with that. I, I would keep the floor at four. I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm not raising the floor, but... Um, I'm going to place I, a bet $5 on Baker Mayfield being <laughs> the NFL MVP. The only reason I think it's even remotely possible mm-hmm. they win nine is because I do love Baker. I also love me some Baker. But listen, I don't know if you thought the NFC was better than the AFC. I don't know if you think Atlanta is going to be anything this year. I don't. I I don't know about you, but uh, we're we're just just here so we don't get fined. fined.